what was your feeling instantly when you heard John Madden had passed? Well, we jumped right into it. Jumped right into it, right with the question. Uh, first off, Warner Brothers podcast, year in special. Kyle Warner with his brother, Keenan Warner. We want to wish you a happy new year from Warner Brothers podcast. Uh, but We know it's a little belated, too. A belated Merry... Hope everyone Merry had a good Christmas. holiday. Merry Christmas, whatever. Happy I hope. holidays. Yeah, happy holidays to you guys. Go on, Kyle. What was my thought? Well... I mean, the timing of this all was weird. It was my thought because I don't know if you saw, but they had the Madden documentary yep. on Fox on Saturday. Yep. And they kind of like, I didn't start seeing previews for it up until I think Thanksgiving. So like, I don't know, it kind of appeared, but it made it sound like a big deal. So I'm like, oh shit, you want to see that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it was good marketing on their part. Uh, so that kind of re renewed my interest in Madden in general. It's like, you know, I wonder how his health is. Obviously he must be up there. And then of course, you know, like, the documentary drops on Christmas, and then he dies, what, two days ago? Was it two or three nights ago? I think it was yes. Tuesday. So he dies two days, three days, sorry, after after the documentary aired. Really interesting. It sounds like it was unexpected, so maybe it was natural causes. But uh, I don't know. That day, actually, I hadn't seen the documentary on Saturday like I planned to. Like, I kind of had the basketball games on in the background. You know, it was a pretty busy day. Mm -hmm. But... So I didn't get to see it. Planned on watching it this week anyway. You know what I mean? I actually ended up watching it last night. And, uh, you know, when he, he passed, I actually got out of my men's league game, saw the news that he passed. And then, you know, the stuff people were posting on Twitter and, like, the tributes people were giving to him gave me a lot of knowledge that I, you know, hadn't really had. You know, all I knew of Madden, like, he retired probably when I was in high school but I don't have like really like fond memories or like any memories of him really besides like him being on the football game and him just being like famous and big. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, same. And you know, that's not by accident. So like I, I knew he was famous and I, you know, kind of knew why he was famous, but not really. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's why I was really excited to see the documentary. And yeah, all in all, I learned a lot from, you know, his passing and then of course the documentary. Uh, but I feel like I learned a lot more of the day of his passing than the documentary. We'll get into that at the end. Uh, but yeah, what were your thoughts? You're five years younger than me. So he retires probably when you're in junior high. Do you have any real memories of John Madden? Like what's um, besides him being on the video games, obviously? Um, not really. Like uh, all of the information I've gathered over, it's basically been kind of like, it almost feels like a history lesson. And, like, not even in a bad way. It just kind of feels like a history lesson of the sense of, I have no idea who this is. It's a very influential figure throughout football, commentary, and the video game aspect, honestly. So it's like, he's been a huge part of my life without being a part of my life. If that, right, Without really it. knowing it, if you know what I mean. So it was kind of, it's been nice. It was, like hit me because I was like, oh, wow, John Madden? Wow, and I, I obviously you know who that is, but I really didn't know. And then I figured out, I knew he was an NFL coach. Didn't know he had won seventy five percent of his games and was that good of a coach. I knew obviously he was a commentator, I'm color analyst rather, and one of the best ones, arguably probably the best one ever, depending on who you're talking to. And then you go to the obviously the Madden aspect, and it's like he made. He was able to make football accessible to young kids and made football actually digestible to people with how complex of a game it is. So Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking about it. I pretty much learned the game. Yeah, you, football. Like, I was watching football, but it's, hard, it's obviously hard to understand when you're a little kid. You know what I mean? So I learned the game through Madden, really. Yeah, no, a lot of people did. Like, and someone was making a point, actually. I can't remember who it was, but like, this is like the first generation of coaches that probably grew up learning football via Madden. Like, obviously, yeah. they learned it in different ways, and they obviously advanced themselves in high school, college, learning under people, but, like, their base knowledge of football and, like, their first knowledge comes from video games because it's like, oh, that's a dime coverage. Oh, that's what they mean by cover two. Like, you can see the play play out. You are like, oh... So if they're going to have a heavy front, maybe... You know, like, all those little things that people just wouldn't know if you're just watching a game but they breaks it down and makes it so easy and accessible to all of us so that's kind of when i when he passed it was like a, oh man i didn't i almost forgot how relevant he was in my life without really being relevant in my mind
Right. Yeah. And so what I picked on him, picked up on it from you know the last few days is a he was not only like you said a very winning coach, but like it kind of like go look at their records during that ten year stretch. It's like a lot of twelve and four seasons, mm-hmm. a lot of ties. He had like seven ties, which I don't understand. He had like five in his first two years or something like that. Like it was it was a pretty weird stat, but yeah. uh, consistently won and it. Like he basically got burned out from coaching. Goes right into announcing basically after that season and was instantly good at it. And uh, you know, I guess I guess the NBA comparison for this would be Charles Barkley. Um, you know, who just became again instantly successful at it, but was always marketable. Like he was already marketable as a coach as far as like loud yeah. mouth on the sideline, he was funny. And that's that's what I picked up on during the documentaries that he was, you know legit funny like he was pretty funny during his broadcast i saw a clip where he cuts a turducken open with his bare hand on air and i was like yeah no wonder this guy has so many fans that's my type of guy right there like like, what's he doing they looked insane and like he just did it like it was nothing and like he even said on the documentary like yeah the first time i had turducken i just ate it with my hands during the broadcast it was so good (laughs) so Definitely funny. Explained football in a way that was digestible to everybody, which, you know, that's the best. That's what you want from a, you know, someone who's an analyst. You know what I mean? He was Romo before Romo for people who are watching today and really getting it today. Absolutely. But funny and likable on top of that. Like, he genuinely seemed like a fucking cool ass, nice dude uh, who absolutely loved the game of football. Like, absolutely loved it. Like, he, if he had the energy to do it up until now, he, you know, he would still be good at it. You know what I mean? Like he, that's how much he loves the game. He was like first, he was way ahead of the curve on like concussions and stuff like that. He was still on like the, uh, the league board of governors or something like that Mm -hmm. to the end. Like, uh, what do you call it? That committee that like makes the rules, the rules committee, I get, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you're, I know. I know. He was on that and the player safety stuff. Like, so he was just definitely an ambassador for the game. Um, Loved it. I would suggest going on, like, A, watch the documentary, but B, go watch, like, some of the best calls they posted of him, like, in his hay on YouTube. Like, pretty good. And then Pat Summer on there, like, they sound, they sound amazing to it. I don't think there's a combo that could compare from this generation. You know what I mean? Like, just reading what people say from that generation about that duo and then actually hearing them together does sound like it was pretty cool. I mean, I guess technically I have heard them in my, in my lifetime. But you know, no real Brady memory. Super Bowl. Right. That would be that that was their last game together, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, definitely go look it up on YouTube if you're listening. Go check it out. I, it would be worth your time. And uh the documentary is definitely worth your time. Yeah. John Madden, many people said this week that he's like the most influential person ever in football, which is yeah, that's pretty that's quite a statement, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Also, real quick, I saw this today too. Rest in peace to Betty White. Yep, Betty White passed away. Doesn't say uh, Sam Jones passed away today. Wait, who else did? Sam Jones. Oh, oh, oh! I didn't even know that. I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Betty White or Betty White, sorry, at the age of ninety-nine. Mm. Crazy. It is very, very. Rest in peace to two legends. <sighs> wow. Well, let's get into it. The real reason why we're doing this podcast. Rest in peace to John Madden again. By the way. Oh yeah. But, the real meat of this podcast, though, is the year-end. We've been doing sports pretty heavy lately. We want to do our year-end music list, which is going to contain us songs and albums. So, Keith, I don't know if you want to start it off with... Uh, I don't know how you want to do the songs exactly. You want to give your 10, then I'll give my 10? Um, Yeah, we can. I mean, or we can kind of... Are, are you going in order, too? Did you want order, or did you just put 10 songs? I just want to... Do it. I personally did not put them in order for the songs or the albums. Uh... I actually had a tough time coming up with this list, honestly. Harder time than I thought. And not a, not because there was so much music I loved, but so much new music that I didn't listen to this year, like mm-hmm. as much. But I mean, or maybe it just didn't catch my attention. Mm-hmm. I did come up with 10 for both, but I don't know. If we had we done this in 2020, I think. I think it would have been harder and easier. Yeah, I think there would have been more music for me to digest through, but not a lot of new music caught my ear this year. Like, I, I agree. You went on my Spotify rap, it's a lot of songs from past 
from past years. You know what I mean? But I agree personally with that too. And also for me, I I had watched battle rap more this year than I had ever watched in my life. So a lot. What did that of, even mean? That's all you did before. I think. Oh no, no, but I'm saying I've watched even more this year than I did last year. How many How many hours a day is that? Um. I'm, is that like 17? No. no. <laughs> I'm watching battle rap stuff daily. Like if it's... Battle rap stuff has gotten me in the Twitter world. Like I have to read... I'm reading tweets now, Kyle. Okay. I don't do that. <laughs> I, I never did that before. But battle rap has gotten me into that world of... Because I've been looking and learning new information and learning... Listen to people go back and forth, seeing matchups and things of that nature. And then I got battles that because battles come out so often like you can find a battle at any point and then there's like the champion run by jay black which is like the espn of battle rap so i was like i'm watching that too it's like all over the place watching so much of it but anyway i do have 10 battle rap addicts i am becoming a battle rap fanatic um yeah so what i actually i did i have 10 songs I have 10 songs that were not on my out favorite albums, and I have 10 songs that were. So you have 20 songs. I have 20 talking. songs, and the reason why is because I was going through my favorite songs and realized that like 9 or 10 of them would have been on the albums that I had. So I kind of wanted to diversify it a little bit so it wasn't just all this. these albums are the only thing I cared about because there's other things I cared about too. All right, that's interesting. All right, so give me... Give me your 10 that are not on the albums. You can give me that 10. Matter of fact, give me the second 10 after we do the album. Is that yeah. cool? Yeah, no, that's perfectly fine. I'll give my favorites off the albums after we do the albums. 100% is fine. All right, so no, my no. top 10 songs, no I, order. So wait, I got, I got a question. Yeah, what's up? What would that? I wonder what that list would look like cumulatively. You know what I mean? Or would yeah. the list, you're saying your 10 originally would be mostly the ones that are on those albums. Um... Yeah, I think the 10 on there would probably just be the 10 favorite songs. There may be one that would bleed in, maybe. Got you. All right, All right. go with the 10 that are not on those albums. Then. Um, SZA, Good Days. The reason why I added this is this came out on, like, December 26th of last year. So I, right. it felt like the, it just felt like this year, because it really wasn't like a, you know what I mean? Kind of like how... I didn't realize, I didn't realize she released music that late in 2020 i I thought thought that was like spring of this year honestly it felt like it too because i but i was looking at it and i was like oh wait a second no that came out i can give you the exact it was late late oh it came out on christmas the release date was on christmas of last year so what else you got uh, oh sorry my fault my fault no you're good you're good victoria monet the song coastin baby keem and kendrick lamar family ties BJ the Chicago Kid, Fancy. Off, okay. he has a, off a four song EP, he has Lou Castro, Battle Rapper, Flood the City. Very good okay. song. Uh, Corday, More Life, off his EP, preluding his album that's coming out in like 14 days. Um, new song, SZA, I Hate You. I like that song a lot. It's a good song. It's a Brett, good song. Brett Fies featuring Drake, Wasting Time. That's eight, and then two songs by Khalid, Present and New Normal. Those would be my top ten songs not on the albums that I have. That's a good mix. That's a good variety. Yeah, that's a good variety. Got some underground rap. We got some uh, regular mainstream, I should say. We've got obviously mainstream R and B, underground R and B ish kind of thing, and yeah. So, and what's your favorite? That in any order, or like, what would you? What would be your favorite out of those? Will be your number one out of those. Either SZA, Good Days, Family Ties, or Fancy. One of those three. Got you. Got you. I got to listen to that Corday. That that was a four pack, right? Yeah, it was. Um, you may have heard one of them. It was the one featuring a uh, young thug. Yeah, yeah. I downloaded that. Yeah, I did. Was... When that came out. I want to say what, like October? No, I actually, no, that one. Uh, you're thinking of a song. That one actually came out the pack in uh, April. Came out on the 22nd of April. Oh it's just until it's more life, dreaming color. What's up with Young Thug and then mm-hmm. Thornton Thornton Street? So 
And I'm looking forward to his album coming out on the 14th, uh, January 14th, I believe, from a bird's eye view. Okay, word. Mine, uh, you know, kind of like how you came up with 20. I guess I kind of cheat a little bit. It's it's a true 10, and then there's two that creep up at the end, all right? Yep. So, and these are random. This is a no order, all right? Mm-hmm. Late Night Called by T. Grizzly. Okay. 60 for the Lawyer, Dave East. Okay. Inhaled by Bryson Tiller. Oh, oh, that was a really good song. That's one that could have been like an honorable mention. That was a really good song. Leave the door open, Silk Sonic. Mm-hmm. After last night, Silk Sonic. Mm-hmm. Mopstick, French Montana, and Kodak. Touch the sky. That's French Montana, Rick Ross, and John Legend. John Legend kind of kills that. I don't really like John Legend like that. Don't get him. Don't get him mistaken with uh, Kanye and Lupe Fiasco. Everybody. Who? Wait, what oh, you mean? Touch the sky, oh, Lupe, Kanye sky. from you. late registration. I was being dumb. Got you. Yeah. Jail Part Two. Kanye and the baby. Mm-hmm. Waukesha remix. Money bag. Yo, Lil Wayne, Ashanti, Lonely, the baby, and Wayne. And then uh, that's ten right there. And then these two. Did not expect to have that much the baby. Two songs by the baby. If you would have told me I would add two on my list this year, I would not have believed you. But. uh Ugly by Nas, which just came out on Christmas Eve, or Christmas technically, I guess. Is that the one featuring ASAP? Or no? Uh, no, that's uh. Because he, I guess there's a new song that came out that was featuring ASAP. Yes, with ASAP and DJ Premier, he he released this album last on Christmas Eve, midnight, Christmas Eve, midnight, Christmas, I believe. However, those days lined up. No, it would have been Christmas Eve. That's right. Christmas Eve, yeah. And uh, it's nine tracks. It's with Hit Boy. I'll have more to say about it. Let's say that. Okay. But uh. Yeah, it's one of the better albums of the year, in my opinion. And Ugly is the one that would it'll probably creep into the 2022 list, but it's one I definitely like. I just heard it for the first time yesterday. Like, yesterday was the first time I truly gave the album a listen, so I felt I couldn't really include it on the list. That's fair. And then one I've been playing lately that came out in 2021, it's Loyal to a Fault, Big Sean, Bryson Tiller, Lil Durk. But I didn't play it enough or as much as these other 10 for me to conclude it on the list or for it to replace anybody else. Yeah. So that's my 10 to 12. Okay. I like yep. it. I like it. Our list is completely different. We have none of the same songs on our original 10. Which is crazy. I wonder if, I wonder if any of these songs bleed into your second 10. They may or may not. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like a certain one or two might. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, you want to get right into you want to get right into albums. I can get right into my albums, and these I can go in order. I've got my top five in order, and then the next five I don't have fully in order. So, how do you want to do? Do you want to go back and forth with albums, or do you want to go all ten again? Give me your ten. Go if the if the last five are you don't know, go in reverse order then. So, give me those first five, and then mm-hmm. give me five to one. Yeah. I did not rank mine ahead of time. But I'll let you know that. Okay. Um. So. Number uh, and ten to five here. I've got Isaiah Rashad. The house is burning. I've got. Give me some songs off that. Give me some songs off that real quick. Uh, songs off that Isaiah Rashad. There is from the garden. Uh, from the garden featuring Lil Uzi Vert. There is Claymore. Actually, you know, my fault. Let me not interrupt you. If there's anything you want to go, like I shouldn't have interrupted you like that. You're good. If you want to go through. And just give them. Let's do that because I don't want to make it any longer than we have to. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I can give. Okay, I can give them a couple of my favorites on each of them. That's fine. So on the house is burning. Some of the standouts for me was from the garden with Lil Uzi Vert. Uh, score with SZA and Black, and then True Story with J Rock and Jay Worthy. So that would be that would be um the standouts I have from there. Then Donda, which is Jail and Jail Part 2 would be stand. I like Jail a lot, actually. Jail Part 2, Off the Grid, and... Oh, oh my God, it's not coming to my mind right now. Uh, there was another... Oh, uh, Jonah on that one. Yeah. Um, some songs I liked off that. Khalid's new album, Scenic Drive, which has Present on it, which is uh, one of... He was, that was a single from the album. But that one, there's a song called Backseat, and then there's a song called Retrograde with Black and Lucky Day. 
Then Definitely I, heard that. It's a good track. Yeah. That, um, then I've got Lou Castro Revenge, which is the song Flood the City. Battle uh, Rapper. Battle Rapper. So I think the song Flood the City. There's a song called Big Lou. There's a song called uh, The Yeti. Hash um, parentheses, no pressure. And then Certified Lover Boy would be out of those five. And then on there, Remorse, Love All, Champagne Poetry would be the three that stand out for me. So you ended up you ended up going to CLB a little more than you expected, then, huh? Yeah, I did. I li- I, was say, I liked it when it first came out, and then I didn't know of how much I was going to go back to it. But then I went back to it a little more than expected. So Donda, you went back to. I'm kind of Donda. I went back to a little bit. Yeah, you had kind of like mixed reviews of it when you first heard it, correct? Yes, I was. I was under the impression it was good. It was just really long, and I was like, "There's songs that were solid. There's songs that weren't solid." And I was like, "Okay." But then I went back and listened to it more, and I was like, "Oh no, this album's like a little better than I'm giving it credit for at the moment." So I definitely, definitely will give it that. And then my top five, five is an evening with silk sonic and so that's why none of those songs if i have them in my top 10 are listed in the top 10 because it's one of my favorite albums of the year uh favorites leave the door open smoking out the window wait wait, time out time out my fault and i was just thinking what because you want to give your 10 after should you just go through these should you have just gone through these regular i can go through these ones regular um, anyways. I mean, I mean the whole, I meant the whole list. Should we have done that? Cause you said most of them were on. The oh list. no, 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 no. Those six through 10 have none of them. Six through okay. 10 have so none of Yeah. Go through these normal, then give your top and then 10. Give my 10. Okay. So that an evening with silk Sonic by Bruno and Anderson pack silk Sonic. And then four is, may or may not be on my 10 <laughs> <laughs> Four Andy Minio Neverland two, which is his second of the Neverlands and very good album. Three Ariana Grande positions. <laughs> I'm an Ariana Grande fan. That came out this year? Yeah, that came out this year. Came out the first half, uh, first quarter of this year, February. That was your number three album of the year. Mm-hmm. And then I still, I still have so many questions about I your love, Ariana Grande fandom, but we'll get to that another day. Yeah, I'm just a huge, huge fan of her music. Huge fan of her voice. I think her production's beautiful, and I'm just, just a huge fan. Anyways, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what a 24 year old male connects to on an album called Positions. That's all I'm trying to figure out. Well, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess. So that was number. That was number three. What's your top two? Uh, J. Cole, the off season is number stumped. two. Ooh, that makes sense. That and makes then sense. Number one, Leon Bridges, Gold Digger soundtrack. That, you and did mention. You did mention on the podcast either prior or the one before that that, that you were listening to it quite a bit. Not, not even close. I can be honest with that. J. Cole, the offseason, amazing. Probably his best project since Friday Night Lights for me. Not close. This gold, I don't know why it's about this Gold Digger soundtrack, but it's it's been the anthem of my year. So I'm, I'm going to have to give this a listen. I'm going to have to give it a, give it a listen. That's I don't know why it is, but it's just been the soundtrack yeah. of my year. So it's, I can't even, it wasn't hard to pick my one and two. And then from there, it was and you thought it was, that's really interesting. Because I know you like the offseason. Oh yeah, I really like the off season a lot. I've gone back to that a lot. And so you think the off season's like how how many percent better do you think the off season is than like Donda and CLB? And which one which one do you like better? Answer that question first. Then answer which do you like better out of Donda and CLB now a few months after that because that's you know um, that took a big part of two podcasts for us. Yes. Donda uh, and CLB. The off season, I think, is. If the off season is a nine, I think they're at least two points better than either one of those would be. And then so I'll give Donda and CLB a seven. I would give. Range. I would give. I mean, if I had to, I think CLB is a little bit better than Donda, in my opinion, favorite wise. I mean, there's reasons why you could say Donda's better when it comes to production and things of that nature. But I like CLB a little bit more than Donda. I would give Donda. Around a six and a half to seven, I'd give Certified Lover Boy a seven. I'd give The Off Season a nine, 
because the 10's a perfect album and I can't give it a perfect album because it's not what I think the best rap album or one of the best ever is. Like Illmatic's a 10, obviously. Like things like that. Very interesting. I'm uh, I'm very intrigued by your list. Like very intrigued by your list. Like I, I'm going to dissect your list probably later at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a real interesting list. So give it, give that, give that ten a reverse order real quick, just in total. So num- number ten, the house is burning. I'm just gonna go in order. Ten, the house is burning. Nine, Donda. Eight, Scenic Drive. Seven, Revenge. Six, Certified Lover Boy. Those aren't in order. I'm just counting down so you know where we are. Five, An Evening with Silk Sonic. Four, Neverland. Two, three positions. Two, the off season. One, Gold Digger soundtrack. Real interesting list. Really, I like it. I like the list. Uh, like I said, can't wait to dissect it. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give you my ten. This is in no particular order. Okay. I have some comments about some particular albums, but these are my ten. All right. Okay. I got two from Nas. As I just said, one dropped just on Christmas Eve. So I got King's Disease 2 on here, as well as Magic, which just came out. Crazy how, I believe, 19 years ago, he was putting out, he put out Illmatic, and he's still creeping up in the top 10 list. Just shows how Gotta be more than 19. Gotta be more. I, it's probably... I, th- I thought Illmatic came out in 92. I could be wrong about that. That would make it 29. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. 20, sorry. Oh, sorry. 20, I was being drunk. Sorry, 29 years ago. My bad. I was being drunk. And I came out in 94, so it would be 27. 94. I'm 27. Damn, that's, that's crazy. 27 years old. Yes, I can do math for a half a second. But yes, 27 <laughs> years ago. It's crazy to think that he's transcended a quarter century. Facts. So, double Nas albums. Davies, Hoffa. Mm-hmm. Culture 3, Migos. Life of a Don, Don Tolliver. I forgot, I forgot that Migos came out with an album this year. Yeah. Call Me If You Get Lost, Tyler. Tyler, the creator. Yeah, that's a good album. It's one of the ones that were in like the runners-up for me. And uh, these would probably be the big ones right here, the big four for me, all right? Mm-hmm. One of them surprises on here. Evening with Silk Sonic. Of course. The Off Season. You had both of those. Of course. This is probably my most listened to album right here. They got Amnesia, French Montana. That's probably my favorite album hmm. of 2021. Shout Just out came out in November. Shouts to French. Uh, and then this is, I feel like this is low key the best album of the year. It grew on me a lot. It grew on me a lot, like within the last, I would say, month. Like, really, like stuff started coming up, and I'm like, damn, this is a really great, incredible album. And that's Donda. Okay. I don't think. Let me let me let me try to delve into this. So it's the best album as far as production and who he like. Listen to this features list, Keenan. Right? Yeah. Jay Z, mm-hmm. Andre Three Thousand, yeah. The Weeknd, Travis Scott, Lil Baby, Lil Durk, Young Thug, The Locks, The Baby, Kid Cudi, Ty Dolla, West Side Gun, Conway, Jay Electronica. You got Don Tolliver on there, Flavio Foreign, Pop Smoke. Playboy Cartier, and I didn't even list everybody. That ain't even everybody. That's A plus 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 as far as features go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had Ariana Grande feature on there too for like half a second. <laughs> I think he did actually on one track, but go on. So, I mean, that's a crazy list. That's like my initial thought of this when I like saw the concerts. You know what I mean? That he was putting on for this. Yeah. Before the official release, when I heard who the features were, it sounded to me like a Kanye version of a DJ Khaled album. And that's basically what this is with the gospel undertone, which is, I think, what throws everybody off from it. But the more I'm catching of it, just like out of the blue, I'm like, there's some really good fucking music on here, which was my initial reaction. That very first concert, I think if he didn't do those three concerts, people's immediate response to this is different. Yeah. But all, as far when as you delay dating, something for so long, people kind of just get almost annoyed with it. So when it comes out and if it's not just godly. It, they're going to have a different reaction to it. Well, it wasn't really a negative reaction because it got, I believe, the second most streams of the year on Spotify. First would be Drake, right? Yeah, and that was, so gonna, there that was, was as expected. There was a lot of interest there. I did not expect Donda to be that close to Drake. Like, I, there was, I think it was 
I think it kind of went back and forth, honestly, between them. The only reason why I expect it is because there's so many Kanye West stands in the entire world. There's so many. I guess it's so. The same, Kanye, it's the same thing with Drake. That's why. That's why when Drake's ever leading a chart, regardless of if the music is there or not, it just just doesn't shock me. Kanye West being a top of the charts for that does not shock me in the slightest. It definitely shocks me, especially coming off his last two albums, which weren't it at all. You know what I mean? Drake's Drake, and Drake is a cheat code. But Kanye in year, what is he? He's probably like in year 17 of his career now. I'm trying to think. 05. Even before that. that well, was I mean, like, I'm album. saying, like. I think his, I think he came out, I think his debut was in 04. In 04. Probably, so what's that? I mean, that's. That's about 17 years, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, going on, it's going to be going 18. on 18. So for him to get that many listens with that feature list, with again the songs are incredible like i don't know i get what turned everyone off from it which is the length of the album and and the tones of the album i guess because mm-hmm. you know his last one was kind of like that too but man this music it really is incredible it's great music it's got some heat on there everyone's features is great uh, i wish i wish the album was uncensored that was my complaint when it came out and i think i think people react differently I, it's aging really well that's all i'll say because I don't think it had negative reactions from, you know, the public at large. But I think the people who music opinions I respect didn't get the reaction I, you know, I thought yeah. out of it. But even me, you know, like I said, I gave it about two or three months to really breathe because I'd heard a lot of it. And again, it's just a lot. But yeah, the more I'm hearing it popping back up, I'm enjoying this album. It's just, yeah, obviously incredibly long. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, so you think it's better than the off season? It's definitely not as listenable as off season. You know, I listen to off season way more than uh, than Donda. And that's fair. Think, that's fair. I think I think what the album is, how it was made, like the the quality of the album. I think Donda, it's Donda by a mile. But if you're giving me two to listen to, I'm gonna listen to the off season all day. See, and that's fair because I think uh, I think to pimp a butterfly is Kendrick's most crafted album, and like his best crafted album and his best piece of work. But it's the hardest to listen to out of all of his albums repeatedly. Like, right. I was going to say, the replay value of To Pimp a Butterfly isn't as high as a Good Kid Mad City or Damn, and you can even argue Section 80. And, like, you could argue the replay value there because obviously songs like High Power, Rigor Mortis, songs like that are easily listenable. But I think To Pimp a Butterfly is his best work for sure. That's my favorite album of all time. Right, yeah, the off-season... Like, when I was going through, like, I got notes here, like, what songs I would pick out as notables for each album. The off-season is just the whole album. You can listen to that easily all the way through. Yeah. Like, that was... Between that, Evening with Silk Sonic came out late. I listened to that quite a bit, especially that first week. But I think overall, the off-season was my most listened to album. Then next would have been French's album. Which mm-hmm. is, by the way, that's 21 tracks from French Montana. Not one bad song on there. Now, that doesn't mean I would listen to it 1 through 21, but if is there any fillers on there? Is there any bad songs on there? No. No, every, no like, skippable songs. No skippable songs. And I would say the same thing about his previous album, which was, uh, I think it was Cold King Riot 5 or Cold Boys. I think it was Cold Boys 5. He did not miss on either of his last two albums, and I haven't heard like anybody talk about it. Uh, you know, the sound you want to hear from French, he's got a mixture of that, a mixture of like club hits, a mixture of what would be on the radio. A little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, current artists. And uh, he just doesn't miss. Like, he's got that original Coke Boy sound, that real, like, street New York sound. But, like, that production's, you know, that much tighter. You know what I mean? Like, you you can tell French has definitely spent money on production in the last two albums, specifically. Mm-hmm. It's some of the best work I've heard from him. So, that's, that's a super underrated album. Like, definitely go listen to that. They got Amnesia. Um... But yeah, like I said, a evening with Silk Sonic, the off season, and Donda. Like I, I, I see myself listening to Donda more in 2022. That's for sure. And uh, I would say this about Donda before we, you know, we can continue whatever conversation. But the more I'm hearing from it, the more I hear, I hear like, I'll hear some of Life of Pablo. I'll hear some 808s in it. I'll hear some. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy in it like i hear elements specifically from those three albums and maybe even some yeezus that's that, not 
It's my least favorite Kanye album, probably, but... And that's what we said. I thought that's the thing that I remember saying instantly when we heard it. I was like, I heard four projects of Kanye West in one. Like, I heard, obviously, his gospel album. Then I heard... You heard Jesus in some of the production. You heard, for sure, you heard My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. You, for sure, heard 808s and uh, Life of Pablo as well. It's definitely the thing that I got from that. Absolutely. And... uh you know, part of the reason why my my list, my Spotify rap, part of the reason why I was so many previous albums, I listened, and I've said this multiple times in the podcast, but I listened to so much of Kanye's catalog this year and so much of Drake's, like in pre- preparation for both of the albums. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I grew a new appreciation for 808s that I did not have because I previously didn't really rock with that album. But uh, Kanye definitely, I don't know, it was... I mean, it's been said millions of times before, but that was almost, you know, the blueprint for the next 15 years of rap music. Of course. You know what I mean? So uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of hip hop and R&B artists made a career off that album. So in the verses, would you have Kanye over Drake if you had to pick 20 songs? Yeah, I think I've said that before. And I would, you know, I mean, they basically, I think, I think I'd have to up? go through it. I think I'd have to go through it, but I think there's a chance that I would go with Drake over Kanye. Man, that would be, it would be hard just because Kanye's got. Kanye's got so many class. Like, like how do you really top a Jesus Walks or how do you really top like a Through the Wire? And those are not just like that, some of the, yeah. Not only that, how it versus works is, you know, you can use your production. So Kanye by default gets it there between his production and his own discography. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see, I don't see many people getting Kanye out of here but you know Drake's obviously Drake's obviously a fair matchup obviously but uh, I don't know I think Kanye's list hit, hits a little harder I do I'd have to go through that that'd be a f- interesting I could do a first I'd do a versus with you on that especially since you know like I said I really reviewed both of their catalogs this year and uh, I don't know grew a new appreciation all around for Kanye that's for sure I mean obviously we knew he was a genius obviously he's got great music but I don't know. It was good to have a refresher on the artist that Kanye is. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, I don't think that holds, yeah, I don't really think that bled into my Donda shit because, you know, yeah. Donda, like I said, I gave that a few months rest before going back to it and didn't even try to go back to it. Like, I was just hearing stuff pop up on my playlist on Spotify and all that. Like, oh shit, like, this really is dope. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go over my 10 songs that I have off of my albums? Oh, shit, yeah, man. My fault. No, no, you you're good. Wait. We've been just talking. Doing that. We've been talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go um, ahead. So, I've got no particular order. I've got Ariana Grande featuring The Weeknd off the table. I've got, right. I've got J. Cole, Apply Pressure. Mm-hmm. I've got Andy Minio, It Could Be Worse. I got J. Cole, Pride is the Devil, featuring Lil Baby. Good one. I got Silk Sonic, Leave the Door Open. All there. I've got another J. Cole, Amari. I've got Ariana Grande, Positions. And then I got Leon Bridges, Motorbike, Born Again, and Why Don't You Touch Me. Damn, okay. Though, and honestly, you- if I had to give you a top three, those would be... The top three. Those are like going through All my mm-hmm, going through my listens yeah. of the year plays wise. Those are those blow them out by a mile. I don't know why this. Been, I got now. I got to listen to this album. This, I got to listen. I don't know why this album has been so good for me this year, but I've, there's nothing about it that I hate. Like I like de- like details. I'm going on songs I don't, but details. It features uh, "Ain't No Love" has that sample. Mm-hmm. Um. There's that sweeteners about sweeteners a good message talking about kind of like kind of talking about police brutality and kind of the racism about balcony boundary racism boundary jeez can't wish I could talk but no I, there's nothing on <laughs> there's nothing on this album that just doesn't hit for me personally I'm gonna give it a listen that's for sure real big huge fan of it but yeah you know what what. Take it back. So my album of the year, like if there's one album, I mean, it'll probably will be Donda and CLB, but what album that's going to stick out when I look back at 2021 mm-hmm. and song, my song of the year would be Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. 
Mm-hmm. That's probably my second favorite after after last night. After last night is probably my number one track on that. But leave the door open and an evening with Silk Sonic. That that would be my album of the year overall. Like as far as quality, top to bottom. Like I said, I probably listen to J. Cole's more for sure. Probably listen to French's more. And French is probably my favorite. But if I had to give one album of the year, and I think I already said it was Donda, but <laughs> as far as what really matched the quality as you know, and and the masses mm-hmm. would have to be with Silk Sonic. And I think they're gonna clean up all the awards this year. Or at least they should. But fuck award shows because those are all like pre planned shit. But they deserve all of it. That's an incredible yeah, album. Yeah, leave the door open one single of the year. There's no doubt in my mind. It should. That, there, that's, that's, should song, that's definitely going to be the song I remember most about 2021. Like, it, I mean, you can kind of... If you go through every year, you can kind of... Re- like Remembering the year off of just one song or like a couple songs is always like fun to go through. Like You can remember, I think it been 2017 off Bad and Bougie because I think it came out in 16, but it was the end of 16. And then you go through 17, I believe, also with Bodak Yellow and Unforgettable. Like those two, like you would just, you can go through years and just remember a couple songs from that year. Especially if you go to the summertime. You remember like the songs of the summer. Culture is one of my all time favorite albums, Migos. I could do, if we ever do album reviews, I would, I'd love to do Culture by Migos. That's one of my favorite albums. doing album reviews. Jeez. But. Maybe yeah, when, real quick. Maybe when sports are done more so, we could start doing album reviews. I'd love to do that. All right, so, Keen, before we go here, we're on a two-game losing streak. The uh, the Patriots of New England. Give me uh, give me some reviews from these last two weeks. What are you feeling heading in to the postseason? Because we still got a 94% chance of making the postseason. Yeah, we... Jaguars. Jaguars this week. Dolphins week 17. The Dolphins game is going to be tough. That's, that game a little scares me a little bit. We we will. I'm not concerned about it at all. I'm just gonna say this out loud. We just better make quick work of the Jags. I just I want think to, we will. I, I think we will. I just had to say it out loud. I had to just say we better make quick work of the Jags because I don't wanna lose I don't wanna go in and lose a game that is easily easily winnable. That those same Jags did beat the Bills this year and we saw like a Houston team beat the Chargers. So this year's a weird year where bad teams can pull out a win. I mean, Detroit blew out Arizona too, so any any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, so I'm not gonna say it's a formality. It should be, but I'm not gonna say it definitively is. We just need a win, and then we can go into that Miami game maybe breathing a little bit. But the way I felt about the losses, Indy, was I was fine with. Indy, I was fine with. It was a game that was almost like, it was not expected, but at some point I knew they weren't going to win every game for the rest of the season. And that Indy game made sense. We had to go to Indy. Obviously, the thing that we do struggle with the most would be the run, and they have the best running back healthy in the league right now. So it made sense. The Bills game was a little tough for me, though. Bills one was tough. Elaborate. The Bills one, it just it felt like they just took more con- like control of the AFC East. Like, I wanted the psychological edge over the Bills, and it just felt like for the last two years they've came in and they've, Josh Allen's put up 30-plus on the Patriots in Gillette. And they've got the easier schedule these last and two they, as well. They got, the, they, got they got the Falcons. Falcons and the Jets, right? Yeah, they got the Falcons and the Jets. They're going. I think they're going to trounce the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons can stop them in any way, shape, or form. But you never know again. Any given Sunday, and the Falcons are fighting for their playoff life, so you never know. That's just my opinion. Um, yeah, no, but the Bills won. I just wanted to, I wanted to basically just look at Bills Mafia and just say, you're, regardless of Brady being here or not, we still own you, and now they probably are going to win the division back-to-back years. So that one kind of, I didn't like that one. That one didn't feel Listen, great. I agree with you there. Uh, I talked all that shit after we. <laughs> after we beat them. 1410 I think ran it down the bills entire body basically like yeah. that was I mean how you know I thought we had the mental edge um you know what the bills came back and did their thing I mean both losses I'm kind of with you I'm not mad at either loss I'm 
the Bills one hurts, like you said, like mm-hmm. cause just because I talked all that shit and you know I really did believe like that should have been a better game. But I think what I dislike out of both of these losses, you know, we got outplayed in both, and that's fine. And you know, what's funny about the Colts win? They did to us what we did to the Bills. Like they barely gave it to fucking Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? They they hardly trusted him. It seemed like. And uh, when he did throw it, he he gave us gave us a pick in his one of his eight attempts. So completely get what they're doing there. So I mean, that's to an extent that's respect to the Patriots, but the ease they were able to just run it down our throats. Pause. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor. There'd be times we had him. You know, after a two yard game, he'd still pick up six or seven. Like that dude never stops. His legs never stop moving. You know what I mean? He's he's such a good running back. He um, really is. But, I mean, that'll kind of help us out, too, because we got the same record, I believe. The Colts look like they're going to be without Carson Wentz this weekend. So that's good news. I didn't see that, but Jonathan Taylor will be getting the ball 40 times. Yeah. See, they, they killed us there. The Bills, Josh Allen played, like, one of the best games of his career. Like, every play he needed to make, he did. Josh Allen played phenomenal. But what killed me the most about both those games was A, the play calling, especially in the first half of each. I thought McDaniel, we got a bad Josh McDaniels again. You know, you've heard me kill Josh McDaniels this year, and you've also heard me give Josh McDaniels his praise. He's back to being unreliable. Yep. Uh, but predictable Josh McDaniels. Like, we're going to run it on first and second, and on third and long, we're going to throw it because no shit we are. You know what I mean? That's the Josh McDaniels we're getting. Uh, so, you know, with that, between that and the penalties, you know, too many unforced errors these last two weeks. Uh, and we lost the special teams touchdown against Indy, which just doesn't happen. Exactly, yeah. Like, like, the those, plant, those, like are the, we, those are the things we, that are like, I don't like that. We beat ourselves. And, I, you know, honestly, we, I don't think we came on after the Colts game. We did not. So, you know, I like the way Mac looked in the second half of that game. I do. We, were, we end up losing by 10. I like the way we fought. We opened up stuff a little bit for him, and uh, you know it just didn't work out. But I like the way we battle. You know he's a rookie, and you know that's going to be the spot where we're going to have to really see what Mac is in the playoffs. Is that down ten, down seven? You need a score type of thing. I don't know if he's that guy yet, and there's no shame in that. But I do like the way he looked in the second half of that Colts game. By the way, I've, you know the play that upset me that I didn't see like anybody talking about late in that game. He threw a ball to the much behind the Keel Harry. <laughs> and uh he got blasted in the back. Like I think he was out the next game. Or no, he was the next game. But he was injured because of that left that game, was injured most of the week. Guy he got him helmet to helmet and he appeared to be early. Uh, I feel like, you know, I don't know if we end up scoring after that, but that would have been a plus fifteen for us. And I yeah. I don't feel like that was called or I don't think feel like that was brought up enough going back to the Colts game. But aside from that, the big kicker ass Baron Square, obviously. But I did have a gripe on that play. But we did enough to kill ourselves, both that game and the Bills game. And again, Josh Allen was every bit as good as Jonathan Taylor was the previous game. So I'm not bad at both those losses. I'm exactly where you are. We better take care of the Jags this week, light work, and then go into the Dolphins game. And, you know, that's going to be a playoff game because the Dolphins are now in the playoff picture and are probably, you know, the one team in the league you don't want to see. That was the Patriots going into the Colts game. Now that's the Dolphins. You don't want to see them. If you're the Patriots, you don't want to see them. And you definitely don't want to play them in round one. They definitely have their flaws, but they're they're clicking right now, and that defense is dangerous. And two is not making too many mistakes. So No, really, all the Dolphins need to do is bolster that offensive line just a little bit more and add a run game. And really, it will be their team is perfectly set. It's just, will Tua win it or not? That's what it'll come down to. If they can do that for next year, they should be either in Super Bowl contenders, like top Super Bowl contenders, or they'll be fighting like they are this year for a playoff spot. It'll be pretty much the difference between that. And they'll all lie on Tua and how he is. What was the stat? They lost seven straight and then they won seven straight, correct? Yeah, they were one they beat us week one, then they lost yep. seven straight to go to one and seven, and then now they're eight and seven. That's insane. That's an insane season. It almost feels like the way to book and that would be for them to win it against us. That's not the trend. So hopefully, yeah, we get that win in week 18. 
And uh, we better take care of the Jags on Sunday. In a hundred percent agreement with you there. Yeah, just like I'm not saying we won't. I think that we should. I think it should probably. I would be happy with a two touch. I need it to be two touchdowns for me to feel more comfortable. But regardless, a win is a win at this point in the season. So I don't really care. We just need to do it. Just whatever it is, just get it done. And just beat them. Like I don't care. Just beat them. Anyway, shape or form. I 100% agree. Listen, Keenan. Good talking to you. Good talking to just you too. Fun episode with the lives. We got to get out of here. It's New Year's Eve. Everyone have a safe and happy New Year. Uh, me and Keenan will be back very soon. Look out for our NFL week six, week seventeen. Sorry, week seventeen NFL picks will be out soon after this episode is posted. So uh, again, everyone have a happy, safe New Year, Keenan. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you as well. How, how do you like that uh, Patriots helmet, by the way? Like, what what'd oh, you end up I'll that? say also thank you. I'll say over here, I meant to say in the beginning, but thank you for the Patriots helmet. The Patriots helmet is really, really cool. I'm actually, when Where's I opened it, it where is it at? Yeah. It is it's currently, it's still in the box because I'm trying to find a good place to display it because I don't want to just put it like in the back corner of something. Like I'm trying to find a good place to really display it. So I haven't got it out of the box of where to put it yet. Obviously, I took it out of the box to see it and everything. And it's heavy, right? Is it oh, heavy? It, it is. It's got some weight behind it. And I was shocked because like I grabbed the box. I was like, it's semi heavy. It's nothing crazy. And then I opened it up. I was like, oh, there's a helmet in here. Pa- I was like, that's a Patriots helmet. And then I thought to myself, I was like, is it autographed or something? Then I looked at it and I took it out. I was like, no, that's just an authentic, like, Patriots legitimate helmet. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I'm glad I got that. That's really cool. <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate that, really. Yeah, now you can uh, you wear that, play uh, tackle football with Danny. There you go. I'll, I'll wear, I'll wear the Jeez, catcher with a crown of that helmet? My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to get out of here. Happy New Year, Warner Brothers Podcast. Keen, I'll talk to you soon. All right, have a good one.